we don't have a problem making a to-do list, right? You know, we got to go to the grocery store. We got to do laundry. We got to do this for the kids. We have to do this. We forget to put our own selves on our to-do list all the time. And that's a problem. Baby, it's okay for you to be first on the list. You're not being selfish. It's not going to make you a bad mom. It's not going to make you a bad wife. It's not going to make you a bad girlfriend if you put yourself on your own damn list, honey, because I swear myself is on the top every time. You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, episode number 406 with guest Sakithia. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you're here and I hope that you are well, considering there are so many difficult, challenging, and emotional things going on in the world right now. I am excited to bring you this guest. Speaking of so many emotional and difficult things, my friend Sakithia is here and she is just the epitome of making some noise. And you will, I'm just going to let you listen to how we met and why I knew I need to have her on the show. When I was choosing women for this Make Some Noise series, I also wanted to get some people who were not in the industry of life coaching and personal development. And I just absolutely adore Sakithia. We've become friends. And I know that you're going to love her too. One thing I want to remind you about is that book club starts next week. It starts on September 20th, Monday. The Facebook group, the pop-up Facebook group opens up that day and we are kicking it off with chapter one of Make Some Noise. Have you not? Do you not have the book yet? I feel like most of you do who listen to the podcast. If you like the podcast, you'll love the book for sure. So head on over to andreaowen.com slash noise if you have not purchased the book yet. And if you if you have purchased it and you haven't received your bonuses and taken advantage of all the amazing free things there, andreaowen.com slash MSN is where you can get the bonuses. The free 60-something page workbook that we created for you that goes along with the book, as well as this book club that's starting on the 20th. It's a month long. We're going over four amazing chapters. It's totally free. It's all online. And I'm really excited to kick that off next week. All right, so our guest today, the amazing, the motivating, the wonderful and resilient and smart Sakithia is here today. You will hear about it on the show, but I just want to remind you, if you're on TikTok, definitely follow her over there, S-E-K-E-I-T-H-I-A. So without further ado, here is Sakithia. Sakithia, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I am... I'm so excited to talk to you. And I was telling you before we started recording, I saw you on TikTok and I mean, I don't want to make you nervous or anything, but you're the only guest in the Make Some Noise series that I don't know previously. So we're just meeting for the first time, which I've had a lot of guests like that, but 
Um, I just knew my gut was like, you need to get her on to tell her story to the audience. And I know that you're so much about making noise and we'll get to that in a second, but I would love to ask you if you wouldn't mind sharing with us, Mm -hmm. can you tell us about your mental health journey? And it can be, you know, either from starting a long time ago or more recently, whatever you think is the most relevant that wants to come up. Well, you know, what's interesting is I was diagnosed bipolar in my kind of late thirties, right? So when I was a teenager going through, you know, I've got two failed suicide attempts under my belt. I've been institutionalized before. Um, I started abusing drugs and alcohol really early, trying to feel normal or numb some feelings that I was having. And, you know, I didn't know why I was feeling what it is that I was feeling. Um, Because I'm an extrovert, I thought maybe it was just a part of my personality. Um, Didn't know that it was really being manic. And then when I was diagnosed, it just kind of put all the pieces together. And really, to be honest, I can only speak from the perspective of like my household or people of color. Like, that's not really mental health is not a conversation that we have openly around the dinner table. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't tell your mom that you're depressed. She tells you to do the dishes. You know what I'm saying? And you try to speak with your grandma and she don't know nothing about that because we have to be strong black women at all times. Right. So um, it, it's it been a, a journey even still it's uh, mental health. is not something that you get diagnosed and you're like, Oh great. Now I know everything that's wrong. I mean, it's a continuous thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you, okay. So did you go into therapy and was it helpful? Like what did, what did the, the help look like? Well, the help, it's really interesting. So the help was, I did. I had counseling. Um, I had a really great doctor. Um, I had to be honest um, with my original PCP to get me the help that I needed, um, not mm-hmm. to lie to him and you know to let him know that I was abusing drugs and also abusing the medication that I initially received. I don't believe that there okay. was ever a time that I swallowed an Adderall. You know, I've always snorted mm-hmm. one, you know, and okay. it, it took a long time to get where I am now because I wasn't being honest. I wasn't being honest with anyone. And like to have that honest conversation and to really be vulnerable, I had I hadn't done that because I hadn't done it in so long. Uh, but to mm-hmm. be vulnerable and to understand um, where you're coming from and have somebody understand you, um, that's half the battle. Finding a doctor yeah. that you can trust. Totally. And, and from what I understand, especially for, for black women, yeah. they're often dismissed and not believed. Mm-hmm. And um, and it can be that can be the first hurdle is just finding someone that believes you and that, yeah. that you can trust. Yeah, totally. Because I do believe when it comes down to uh mental health and therapy and counseling, what we've learned specifically within this past year and some change throughout the civil rights movement that's been going on, right? We mm-hmm. have really learned about the differences in care uh, with Black, Indigenous, people of color and others, you know? And I think that some of us didn't even realize the difference in it before. Um, and so I'm, I'm really glad that a lot of these conversations are taking place. Um, you know, and that's what happened with my TikTok. I was able to talk about things like this, um, but it wasn't just only for people of color, you know, like for all mm-hmm. of us, there's still a yeah. stigma with mental um, illness and with substance abuse and medication. There is. And it's, I am glad to see that 
things are changing a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that, you know, my children are 11 and 13 and that they're going to grow up in a time where it's not weird, you know, for someone to say that they have anxiety or, or bipolar disorder or ADHD and that therapy, because I think you and I are about the same age. Like when we were young, that wasn't talked about like families that went to see therapists, they called them head shrinks. There was, there was a lot of stigma around that. Like you just didn't tell people. Yeah. I mean, and even think about it, think about it today, right? We're on social media. You're scrolling through Instagram. You see the funny memes about being bipolar or having anxiety movies, even as far back as shutter American horror story, you know, the different things that they touch on with institutionalized care. There's so many different things that are shown that are either jokes or scary. It was embarrassing for me when I came out of being um, at a psychiatric center to have that conversation or to have dinner and my fork and knife is plastic because like they think that I'm about to stab somebody, you know, that I've been stamped being crazy. The stigma behind that and also even how your family talks to you or should I say didn't talk to me after I was released. Mm -hmm. It like it was just weird. And they don't they don't know what to do a lot of times. I'm assuming that they probably didn't know what to say yeah. either. Mm-hmm. Like, and and this is no fault. I always say this. Like, this is not to blame and shame our parents. That's right. Like, they weren't raised with language yeah. around that and like how to be empathetic and any kind of emotional intelligence. Like, I do this for a living, and still sometimes, like when you know stuff happens with my kids, I feel like I'm like a deer in headlights. Yeah. Like. I should know what to say. <laughs> totally. You know, and, and you're right. Um, this is definitely no blame on the parents because when they're dealing with this situation, you know, when my mom made that decision that she could not help me or that I needed additional mm-hmm. help, you know, I did resent her for a little while because I felt like she gave up on me, you know, to not try to help me, you know? Um, yeah. And that was something, of course, that we resolved and had to work out. It is a journey. I mean, we have conversations about it now and I'm 44. We're having okay. conversations about it now that we never got to have it. That's a great segue to my next question is I wanted to ask you, you know, fast forward to now, what does your self-care look like? And more specifically, do you have certain people that you can can lean on? Like, did you meet people in, you know, in therapy groups mm-hmm. or online? What does that look like? You know what? I love that you are using the word self-care because I don't really think that a lot of people drill down into what self-care means, right? So some people, I think that as soon as they hear the word self-care, they're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to get my nails done. I got my, you know, I got my hair done. It's a self-care day for me today. But for Which me- by the way, your hair and nail, if, if you guys are just listening to this and not watching it on video, excuse me. <laughs> You showed up today. Thank you. <laughs> and I've got Thank my fake you. bun in. This this hairdo is Andrea played tennis this morning and is a mess. So I love fake it. Hair. There's nothing wrong with a messy bun. Okay. And so for to me, self-care meant everything around me, my universe, right? So for me, Mm -hmm. because of the fact that, you know, I was doing drugs and I was drinking, right? I had to weed out the company that I was keeping. What good was it going to do me if I'm doing these steps, but my village around me is still toxic? I had to break off and remove tons of people from my life. You know, they say that you can't pick your blood, right? But your selective family is what I call them. You can choose. And my selective family, I was able to have these conversations with them um, to when they know when I am having one of my 
moments or episodes and I'm off the grid. They send me a text just to make sure that I'm okay and that I feel safe and then I can respond to them, but I'll see them in a couple of days. And um, Mm -hmm. they are in tune with me because I'm honest with them. So that's what I was going to ask you. Like, have you set that up intentionally? Yes. Listen to me, what I've learned about being honest and being transparent, it's freedom for me. Like with my TikTok, Mm -hmm. for me to tell a half a million people that sometimes I get to a space where self-care, meaning showers are difficult for me and to have that video go viral. And so many people tell me that they were so thankful that I'm able to say something that they can't. This is something that my, my family that I chose that they know about, you know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. so they know how I move and I've been honest and transparent. And then they know how to support me. And it's not a guessing game because just like how we say about our men, right? Like we want them to be able to read our minds, but they can't. It's the same with your family, with your friends, whoever you're choosing to have in your circle, they can't read your mind, you know? So we, we have to let them know what time it is. I love that. And I, I often say that it's, you know, it's interesting when I got into this work, I had no idea going in how much of just being in a healthy relationship. I know this is going to sound really stupid. I didn't realize how much of it was based on communication and boundary setting and requests and, and being very, very clear. I mean, it it took me a few years to even just know that when I come to my husband with a problem, Mm -hmm. I preface it with, I'm about to tell you something and I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to listen and then give me a hug at the end. Period. And I can tell that it's hard for him, you know, not to like give his input and his opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want your big fat opinion. If I wanted it, I will tell you. (laughs) But you know what? It's so funny you say that because that's what I believe we're conditioned to do. Like if you were to tell me like, girl, you know, this is happening and this is how I feel. And, you know, automatically I, we are conditioned to now I want to relate to you. Right. So then that mm-hmm. means that I'm going to make the other person feel better. Right. So I'm going to say, girl, you know, the same thing happened to me, but this is what I did, but that's not necessarily what I need from you. I just need you to hear what it is that I'm saying. I don't need you to relate. I just need you to listen. Acknowledge. Yeah. Yes. Just people just want to be heard and seen. That's something else I've learned in this work. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, of hearing and seeing, I want to talk about intuition because it's something that I wrote about and make some noise. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about your quote unquote intuition journey. So have you, do you have, I feel like everyone has a story they can tell about a time they ignored their intuition and thought they, you know, just went the other direction, ignored yeah. it. And then it kind of blew up in their face and they learned the lesson the hard way. Do you have any stories like that? Maybe I have a million. (laughs) (laughs) How much time do you have? This is how I feel about intuition, right? So, you know, when we are young, a lot of the decisions that we make are based off of intuition because we Mm -hmm. we're learning. We don't know right or wrong, right? That gut is what's leading us. We don't necessarily know the stove is hot until we actually touch it. And then it's hot. Mm -hmm. And then we learn. Right. But to me, intuition is also about trust now. Right. So there used to be a time where I did not trust myself with the decisions that I was making. Yeah. Did my gut tell me that the ex that I had was extremely toxic, even though he has already been violent, which was causing me to drink more. And then we got in a car Mm. and got in a fist fight and then the car flipped over a guardrail. Did my intuition tell me not to originally pick him up in the first place? Yes. But 
because of the fact that I was so scattered and the different things that I had going on in my life, I didn't trust myself enough to listen to my own gut, right? Mm -hmm. So now with my intuition, I'm totally more in tune because of the work that I've done on myself, with myself. Now I trust the decisions that I'm able to make and I'm able to listen to my intuition more. Oh, that deserves a standing ovation, (laughs) partly because I can relate and I'm sure so many people listening to this Every time I ask this question, the first story that someone tells me is about a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because that sometimes it's a friendship, but mostly it's a romantic relationship. It's a romantic relationship, right? Because we are clouded by everything else. Girl, our gut tells mm. us what it is that we need to do. It does, but we always are second guessing it. It's very spooky, mm-hmm. right? You know, I'm all about the energies and the vibes and the listening to yourself. But if you've, if, like I said, if you don't trust yourself, see, that's when you can't hear yourself. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. now with me, you know, doing a lot of the self-work that I've done, now I'm able to trust myself and I can hear myself more clearly now than I could before. I'm interrupting this conversation to bring you a few words from some of our sponsors. I think I told you all that my husband, Jason, left his job last year. I think I told you. So he's been the stay-at-home parent, also known as my trophy husband, and he has taken over cooking dinner. And when I know he's using Green Chef, I always join him because I know dinner will be easy. Don't tell him that. And I genuinely love cooking with him, especially when it's with Green Chef. I am currently obsessed with their creamy mushroom and meatball soup. It's all in one pot. And the baked penne with sausage. Both of those meals my children really like. And every time I use Green Chef, I feel like we are super fancy. I don't know what it is about the presentation, about the meal. It's just beautiful and delicious. So Green Chef takes care of meal planning. They take care of grocery shopping and even some food prep, giving you more time to tackle back-to-school season. I know it's already gotten hectic over here. Choose from 30 easy-to-follow recipes every week with options for keto, paleo, plant-powered diets, as well as meals to help you eat in a more balanced way. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, so premium ingredients like organic veggies and high-quality proteins are a given. Go to greenchef.com slash kickass100 and use code kickass100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash kickass100. And use code KICKASS100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. You've heard many of the guests here on the podcast who are licensed therapists, and you know I encourage everyone to go to therapy. I'm proud to have BetterHelp as one of our sponsors because there's so many things I love about their service. When you sign up for BetterHelp, they'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Their license professional counselors specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and their service is available for clients worldwide. I want you to start living a happier and more fulfilling life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at BetterHelp.com. 
com slash kickass. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash kickass. Recently, I've gotten into Ayurveda. So if you aren't familiar, it's a system of holistic health, and it's really been helping me feel my best. Because since I've entered my 40s, I've been leaning on supplements to help with various challenges, and I'm super excited to tell you about the Ayurvedic company I absolutely love, and that is Banyan Botanicals. They carry a ton of Ayurvedic products that can support many aspects of your health, like stress management, joint and bone health, and even sleep. My favorite of theirs is called Tranquil Mind. I use it when I'm feeling a little nervous or anxious. And Lord knows, last week with the book launch, it was it was one of those weeks. There are so many ways that Ayurveda can support our health, but figuring out where to start can be overwhelming. So Banyan Botanicals makes it super easy with their free online dosha quiz. In just 10 minutes, you'll understand your Ayurvedic body type and be given personal recommendations to support your unique health. Go to banyanbotanicals.com slash noise and click the green button at the top to take the free dosha quiz for yourself today. My listeners will get a promo code for 20% off your first purchase. And remember, banyan is B-A-N-Y-A-N botanicals.com slash noise. And also, if you are listening to this in the car and you forget what the code is and you're like, oh, there was that one sponsor of Andrea's podcast and I and I don't remember what it was, if you go to andreaowen.com slash sponsors, they're all there. They're all there. And I just want to thank you again for supporting our sponsors because that in turn supports this show. How do you think, I'm going off script here a little bit, but I'm very curious about self-trust and do you think that there was, was there like a moment where you decided like, I need to start trusting myself or was it just an incremental, like time after time as the years went on, you started to trust yourself more? You know, I will say as the years went on, and then I will also say again, with the changes that I've made in my life, I mean, was Mm -hmm. I trusting myself when I was sort of grandma Coke a day? No, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. did not have the bandwidth. I didn't have the, <laughs> I didn't have the bandwidth. I, I was so scattered. I wasn't focused. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I will say that a lot changed, you know, of course, when I got sober, I never had a problem with alcohol, but always drugs. I was always a party girl. And then it just morphed into some monster that I couldn't get rid of. And when I started getting my life more in order, you know, because you cannot, continue to live in chaos. Like you just can't. And it was chaotic. Tell me if this was your experience. So when I got sober and and my sobriety was, you know, people, when they hear that I got sober from alcohol, they, they ask me like what my rock bottom moment was. And, and I'm like, oh, it was years before that with codependence and love addiction. Like my, <laughs> my relationship with love and men was a disaster. That was a disaster. And codependence drinking was just kind of the last hurrah, the last symptom yeah. for me. But really, when I did finally stop doing that, it was sort of my last vice. Mm-hmm. And my life really did start to change. Yeah. And and it was just, it was like, you know, I, I was able to start writing books and mm-hmm. started a business that was working and I was clear-headed and, and all the energy, the mental energy from like constantly thinking about other things and trying to numb out of my life and my friendships improved. Yeah. And like you were saying, like I was able to articulate 
you know, when I had been hurt and I wasn't just a bitch about it or like passive aggressive, which is so easy to do. Exactly. But, you know, in order to preserve the relationship, just nicer. And that to me was the quote unquote, like life of my wildest dreams. Mm -hmm. And, and just everything started to open up. And when that happened, I felt like I could trust myself because I had made the decision to change my life and it worked. There you go. Yeah. And just like with anything else that we do, right? It's almost like the proof is in the pudding, so to speak, right? Yeah. So when that started happening and the changes that you started making and your mind is more clear, you're able to handle this and you do that. It's like, wow, okay. You know, it's that mm-hmm. solidification of the changes that you made, which of course makes yeah. you want to continue, of course. Yeah. The validation yeah. that life hands you. I, it's like the universe is winking at you. Like, more of that. Yeah. <laughs> more <laughs> do that. that. I want to ask about, you know, the title of the book is, is make some noise. And, and this series is I'm bringing on women who I I know have made some noise in their life and and making noise is a lot of different things. And and one of, one of the chapters is about shining bright and taking up space, which, which it seems like you are a person that does. So can you tell us, was there ever a time and maybe give us an example of a time where, where you did not. And, um, and what was, what was happening then? Oh man. You know, that goes back again to relationship. I literally was in a relationship with someone that was so insecure. He literally said to me, why do you always feel like you have to be the brightest thing in the room? And that changed me completely. Number one, I mean, it broke me down mentally and it made me be quiet. And I just was mm-hmm. like, yo, like, I couldn't even believe that this was me. I'm an extrovert. That's not me. You know, me actually dimming myself down for someone else, you know? And um, again, it goes back to removing the certain people from your life, finding your own voice, finding your self-confidence, right? Um, and mm-hmm. I will never allow that to happen to me again, ever. You know, I believe Mm -hmm. that we all, you know, have light. um, We all have worth. We all have purpose. And it's unfortunate that some of the people that we may have in our lives, you know, aren't comfortable with how we shine, but that's their problem. That's not our problem. I have had some variation of that said to me a couple of times. And when you said it, like I felt my throat Mm kind of like... Get stuck for a second, mm-hmm. and my heart just breaks for you. That that former self of you mm-hmm. receiving that comment, which was clearly not a compliment, yeah. and his own insecurities. I agree with you on that. I think most people listening have either had that comment where someone's asking them to turn the volume down, mm-hmm. or maybe they're more of an introverted w- woman, but they're highly intelligent and they speak up a lot at meetings mm-hmm. and they they always have the best ideas. And it's like you know they get the comment like. Could you save some air for somebody else? Exactly. That type of that type of comment, it's just these little digs. <sighs> My opinion is that like we see them for what they are in the moment and we might be irritated or angry and mm-hmm. and not not believe the person, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 say like but it still makes you know that you're making other people uncomfortable. That's right. That's right. You know, and a lot of times, you know, those are things that we just brush off or we do not um, address in the moment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
I am. And that's what this book is like, is like, no, we're not brushing those off Mm -hmm. anymore. And we may brush it off in the moment, but it's, we internalize it. And that's, you know, the culture, the culture teaches us that Mm -hmm. like as women, we are to be quiet, not be the brightest star in the room. Definitely don't make other people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Don't outshine anyone else, whether it's a man or woman. And I think, you know, depending on your identity, whether it's your race identity or your sexual orientation, there are nuances. Um, In the book, there's, there's a woman uh, who was talking about, you know, as a black woman, and she's also younger, Mm -hmm. she's a young millennial. And she says, I often feel like I have to be quiet because I don't want to be stereotyped. Yeah. You know, I work for a corporation and a lot of times, um, you know, in office meetings and when we're having meetings, like I sometimes have to second guess not necessarily what I'm going to say, but how I'm going to say it, say it, because mm-hmm. even though, like we said earlier, change is coming. Right. But yeah. I don't want to be labeled as the angry black chick in the office, you know, that that sticks mm-hmm. with you, you know. Um, but I have found, you know, certain ways for me to still be able to express myself in different ways of being able to express myself. That's not dimming myself down. But honey, on my TikTok, okay. though, because, you know, that's my personal space. Now, baby, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I not only have my voice, but I also am encouraging others to speak theirs as well. You know, they mm-hmm. make some noise mm-hmm. over there for real. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite. I can't wait for everybody to go follow you over there. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're one of my very favorite accounts over there. Well, yeah. let's talk about, it's a good segue over to self-confidence. Yeah. So I love to know how other women who I feel like they have self-confidence. How do you define it? Well, for me, um, self-confidence for me, again, goes back to um, a couple of different, well, for me, self-confidence goes back to transparency, okay? And transparency, also the words I like to use is owning my shit, right? So Mm -hmm. what's really interesting is that people like to throw things in your face, whether it's an ex, whether it's a family member, whether it's whatever, right? So for me, with my social media situation, even in my life, my real life, I am very transparent. Not meaning that, you know, I tell on my beautiful. But um, I'm transparent as meaning if I said it, I said it. If I did it, I did it. If I sorted it, I sorted it. That's what I did, right? So Mm -hmm. because of the fact that I'm transparent, that's where I get my self-confidence from because there is nothing that anybody can use against me as a weapon against me, you know? And I stand tall in who the hell I am. I can sit here and say that I'm a drug addict, not a user, All right. Um, I'm loud. I'm an extrovert. I'm funny. I'm smart. These are all of the things that I have no problems being able to recognize in myself. Right. We can say really easy. Like I can say to you, girl, you are so pretty. You are so smart. Like I really love your shirt. But a lot of times we have a hard time looking at ourselves, finding the beauty in ourselves, the worthiness in ourselves, the purpose in ourselves. But it's so easy for us to be able to see it and everybody else. But no, baby, mm-hmm. my transparency, my being able to own my shit, this is giving me the confidence that I need in order for me to, you know, have that self-confidence and stand tall in who I am. And, you know, I'm not going to let anybody ever take that away from me. I won't. I guard that. I guard my self-confidence with my life. I love that explanation. <laughs> and I've never heard it explained like that. And it, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, um, are you familiar with Dr. Brene Brown? Yes. Okay. She talks about 
you know, owning your story. And that's what it sounds like along the same lines. And she says that when we orphan parts of ourselves, because we're ashamed of them, Mm -hmm. that's where the breakdown begins. Like that's when we um, start to what she calls hustle for our worthiness. So that's where perfectionism comes in. People pleasing, hiding, um, all that None of that works for me, honey. If I <laughs> like, I'm going to pass it, baby. If I said it, I said it. If I sucked it, I sucked it. If I did it, I did it. That's what I did. You know what I'm saying? And nobody is going to shame me for that or I'm not going to omit any of that. That is who I, I am. I do carry some of my past with me, but not as something that I'm ashamed of, right? Like all of that mm-hmm. made me who the hell I am now, you know, and I rock with yeah. that. Don't nobody rock with that better than I rock with it. I need, that's what I do. <laughs> you do very much. So do you have any advice for listeners who are in a place like maybe, maybe there's a woman who's out there who's in a place where she, you know, she's not the type who's going to be transparent right. and, you know, talk to, to millions of people on her social media, mm-hmm. but she wants to gain a little bit more self-confidence. What would you say to her? You know, what I would say to her again, I mean, it's, it's going to sound simple, but it is a process of, you know, mm-hmm. just owning you, owning you. There are so many times where, like I said, our family, our friends, our jobs, you know, want to, um, you know, put us in a little box that self work, also shadow work, self-love getting to know who you are. That is work. It is the good shit, the bad shit, the dirty shit, the shit you don't talk about when you're home, when you're alone, whatever you got to get real with you, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you don't get real with yourself and if you're not really able to drill down deep into yourself, you're, you're not going to have that, you know, that that's how it worked for me. I don't know if it would for anybody else, but just owning you and getting to know who you are. And that is a journey, honey. I'm 44 years old. I'm quite sure I'm still going to be figuring out who I am by the time I'm 50, 55. You know what I'm saying? It is a constant journey. It's not a, I got it. And now I'm done. Mm -hmm. No, baby, that's work. I always say all the time that we don't have a problem making a to-do list, right? You know, we got to go to the grocery store. We got to do laundry. We got to do this for the kids. We have to do this. But baby, we forget to put our own selves on our to-do list all the time. Say it. And that's a problem. Baby, it's okay Mm -hmm. for you to be first on the list. You're not being selfish. It's not going to make you a bad mom. It's not going to make you a bad wife. It's not going to make you a bad girlfriend if you put yourself on your own damn list, honey. Cause I swear myself yeah. is on the top every time. Good. I love that. Yes. We, we make time to go get our nails done and go to the gym and do all these things to take care of ourselves and go get mammograms. And, and that's all important. Yes. Do all those things. And do you have on the calendar where you're going to uh, listen to that podcast and answer the questions mm-hmm. that that therapist mm-hmm. talked about or do the homework that your therapist gave you? I remember when I, when I first got sober, um, it wasn't my, my first four, four a into 12 step programs, but it was the first time I actually like really did the work. Mm-hmm. I don't, did you do 12 step program? Um, I got, um, outside counseling. Um, I didn't okay. necessarily do a program. Um, like I relapsed okay. like 75, 50, 11 times, you know what I'm saying? Doing research. But yeah. I, have, <laughs> I have been on a straight and narrow for five going on six years straight with no relapse. Okay. Awesome. Well, the reason I ask is because, you know, step four is, um, it's the, the moral inventory. Yeah. And I, I don't love the, 
semantics about character defects. It's not my favorite, but that was honestly like one of the first times I ever sat down and, and was like, oh my God, I am selfish and entitled. And I, I get so fired up when I see it in other people. I'm all judgmental and, and I was like, oh, because I am that way. And I don't like that about myself. And I feel like it's gross. And that was probably the first like real quote unquote shadow work that I had done. And it is humbling. And I mean, the shame, (laughs) but it's the best work. It is. That is the best work. So I want to ask, before I ask you the very last question, I want to ask you about shadow work. Cause you mentioned that in some of your TikToks and there's always a lot of questions Mm -hmm. about that. So how do you, how do you describe shadow work? I mean, for me again, that's that gritty, you know, like how you were saying about you uh, felt in titled, um, you know, when mm-hmm. uh, th- these are some of the things I call them the <laughs> I call them the drowning out of my toxic behaviors, you know, and so wow. those were the things mm-hmm. that I needed to really evaluate. You know, when I was on drugs, yo, like I was a manipulator. I was a liar. I was mm-hmm. a dirtbag. I was a cheater. I uh, was a scammer. Like these are all the things that I had to, I was fronting. I was a liar. I just, these are all the things that I had to accept about myself. You know, I was living lies and baby, these are the things that had me crawled up in a ball and floor. Like, oh my God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But but that's that work, right? That's that deep mm-hmm. dive. That's what I like to call it. It is. And I, I think like from the, my experience in doing shadow work is like there's there's the initial kind of like whiplash <laughs> of like realizing how poorly you had behaved towards other people and towards yourself and the choices that you made. And, and, and I felt a lot of shame. And then, and this was, you know, with a trusted therapist realized I was, I was honestly doing the best I could. My best was shit, (laughs) but I was doing the best I could and just trying to survive and get my needs met. Yeah. Because I think it's, it's a slippery slope and an easy trap to fall in when we look back on our former selves yeah. and we kind of talk shit about, about it. Yeah. And I did that for a little while and it didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And I finally had to, had to like forgive my former self in these various stages of my life yes. where I was honestly doing my best. And I just was in an extraordinary amount of pain, Yeah, which people are when That's they're right. behaving poorly. That's right. That's right. I love how you said, forgive yourself, because I think that that's one thing that we don't do enough of. Right. But it's so easy for us to give somebody else second chances and third chances and fourth chances. But we don't do enough of that for ourselves. Me forgiving myself for being a dirtbag and a liar and a manipulator and really being able to understand why I was in the place that I was in, the pain that I was feeling during that time, why I was numbing myself, that gave me the fuel to go forward when I forgave myself. That forgiving Mm -hmm. myself takes the power from somebody else to be able to use any of that as a weapon against me as well. Cause I forgive myself. I don't give a damn what you saw now. <laughs> it's the only one that matters. Yeah. Because you forgive yourself. That's yeah. Right. Well, last question. So making noise, you know, one of the chapters I write about is, is using life's challenges as invitations to really show up in your life. And I, I think that m- 
I don't think that people need to have kind of a life altering moment. Like you don't need to, you know, be addicted to drugs or be a love addict like me and Sakithia. <laughs> don't wait for that to change your life. It's not for everyone. But I do think, you know, breakups or losing a job, whether it was COVID or not, or, or someone passing away, you know, these huge challenging things that we all do deal with can be invitation. So can you tell us about a time in your life where this has happened to you? What was your takeaway? Oh, wow. An invitation show. I mean, you're right. Like nobody needs to have gone through some of the things that we've gone through, but I will say that Mm -hmm. those events were so huge in my life. That's when I needed to show up. Like for me, the invitation for me to jump in, you know, was when I decided to stop getting high. Like literally I thought I was going to have a heart attack one night. And so I'm cleaning up all the shit around me, you know, like I'm putting my, throwing my little back because I thought I was gonna have to call 911, you know? And I just Mm. remember in that moment, straightening up because I didn't want to be embarrassed. (laughs) I didn't want to be embarrassed if I died for the ambulance to come. And then I didn't want to be embarrassed in death for my mom and other people to say, well, you know, there was like straws and and Coke bags and stuff like that all around the room, you know? And I had said to myself, like, you, you have to jump in. This cannot be it. Now, like you were saying, not everybody's going to have that type of moment, you know, that is an invitation to get back into their life. But I do know, speaking with some people on social media, watching some of the events that has been going on since the beginning of 2020, right? Almost five mm-hmm. over 500,000 people have died and are still dying. Like I said, the civil rights movement that has been going on, it really made you think, it's making you think, people losing their jobs and so forth, it's really making you think like, the, my time is now. Or hopefully it should yeah. be making you think that your time is now. I always feel like there is no age on change. There's no age on figuring out your purpose. You can still be 55 years old and trying to figure shit out. That's okay. Let's mm-hmm. normalize that, you know? But really, I know that with some folks really paying attention to what's going on on the outside makes them reflect on, on them. And I do know that some people have taken that invitation based on what's going on around them in the world. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I, you know, I think every day is an invitation to show up. You better believe it. When, when, when life falls apart, it's usually a little louder of an invitation. (laughs) Smack in the face. Right. If you are feeling inspired and you want to give everybody a little pep talk, we still have a few minutes. If you want to take up space Mm -hmm. and make some noise, the floor is yours. And and we're going to tell everybody um, also where to find you on your social media channels. Well, you know what? I think that I will leave people with what I always remind everyone about on my social media is is that, um, and I spoke on it a little bit earlier, about how easy it is. For we, for us to be able to look and see beauty in others, purpose in others, worthiness in others. And we're not able to see that within ourselves. And I know that it sounds crazy because the people that are listening to me don't know me from a can of paint, but I just want to remind everyone that you are just as worthy. You have purpose. You are worth the time. And I want to remind everybody who's hearing the sound of my voice that you are one of the most important projects that you will ever get the opportunity to work on. And don't squander that. Don't say that I'm going to start this tomorrow. I'm going to start this on Monday. I'm going to start this on Saturday. Do that shit now. Do it 
now. And if you have people in your life that can't understand that, if you have people in your life that if you're telling them no, not today, because I have to do this for me. And if they don't understand that, that is not your problem. That's their problem. And I'm asking you today for you to start working on the most important project that you can work on. Remember, you working on yourself isn't taking anything away from your kids, your husband, your wife. It's not taking anything away from anybody else. But I just want to remind everyone how important that they are, just in case if somebody didn't tell you today, baby, I'm going to let you know that you are important. If you start a church, I'm going to be the first (laughs) member. I'll tell you that. I don't know what who or what you channel when you when you do that, but it is something bigger than us. Oh. And I appreciate your time and energy and you, you are a beautiful human being. Congratulations on your on your long-term sobriety. Thank you. You're just inspiring and and tell us who you are on TikTok and for those who are only on Instagram, you have a different handle. And we'll throw those in the show notes you guys if you missed it, but I want you to go right now and follow Sakithia yeah. online. Okay, so tell us. Um on Instagram I am be great you dig, which is B G R E A T Y A D I G. You dig. And then on TikTok, I am Sikithia, which is my first name, S-E-K-E-I-T-H-I-A, Sikithia. And I'll tag you on uh, on Instagram when this post goes live. And I just, I thank you for your time. And everybody listening, the best gift you can give to me is to share this episode. You can take a screenshot of it on your device and share it on social media, either in your stories and always tag me because I, I repost it. I'm at Hey Andrea Owen on, uh, on Instagram and tag Sakithia as well. And remember everyone, it is our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now. 